Shall we begin? Let's begin now. This is Maya Moore, and you're listening to Dishin' and Swishin'. Hi, everybody. It's David Siegel welcoming you to a playoff edition of the Dishin' and Swishin' podcast. And, you know, one of the series people are talking about is Minnesota against Phoenix, and I'm sure that's going to be wonderful, but we are focusing on our podcast this time around on the Los Angeles Sparks and the Chicago Sky. And first up, I'm pleased to welcome, you know, it hasn't officially been announced, but the AP made the decision, and Dishon and Swishin gave her a dishy, and I'm sure the WNBA is going to name Jantel Lavender the sixth player of the year, and I'm pleased to welcome her to the podcast. Hi, Jantel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. First, congratulations on a great season for both you and the Sparks and for reaching this part in the playoffs. Thank you so much. Now, my first question to you about the playoffs is, you know, now that you've had a chance to sit back and watch everybody else, what are your thoughts on the way that this has shaken out? I know that you would have rather have played uh, instead of sitting around these la- this last week or so, but... Yeah, it's been kind of interesting to see how things have shaken out. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I think um, all teams are great at WNBA, obviously, but um, the Chicago Atlanta game, it came to a surprise for us because, I mean, everybody on Chicago was really playing so, so well. So you have to just be ready to, you know, contain their guards. Their guards are really what runs their team a lot more than anything, and um, Sanders food is just amazing. So, just kind of slowing them down and um, trying to get them out of their comfort zone a little bit is what our main focus is, and um, just play our game. Yeah. Does the fact that they played so well and scored so many points and handled Atlanta so well make it easier to, to bypass the fact that they are missing Deladon? I mean, I know sometimes when you're missing a star, you know, other, your opponent, you tend to you know, say they're not at 100%. But here they played so well that it's got to be got to be really hard to just you know ignore that and not be pumped up to play them. Most definitely, I think a lot of times when your when your star player is out, it gives other players opportunities to really step up. I think sometimes when you do have that star player on the floor, players tend to watch and you know wait for them to do something. And I think Chicago really answered that that with Deladon being out, they knew that they had to step up, and it's every single player in and did something huge for them. But obviously they're playing super well. We played them. We're familiar with them. And I think that that game that they played got us definitely pumped up to play them. We were sitting watching like, man, everything is going in. So um, we're really excited. We're really, um, we've really been getting ready here and practice every single day, practicing all their tendencies and doing things um, to really just get out and get after it right when the ball goes up. You know, not a few weeks ago, I had Brian Agler on the podcast, and we were talking about the success of the Sparks. And he made a point of mentioning that you were a key in the fact that, you know, last year you played your most minutes per game, you were an all-star, and you were willing to take a different role on this year's team in order to win. Uh, and he kept raving about how important that was for the success of the Sparks. So can you talk a little about making that adjustment and, you know, was it difficult to adjust to, you know, playing that role off the bench to giving up some of the minutes, you know, in order for the team to be be successful with all of the different roles that people were playing? Um, I, honestly, when I first got here, um, I missed most of the training camp. Um, 
So the team has kind of been together a little bit and um, kind of probably developed a little bit of chemistry without me being here. Obviously, I've been here for five or six years, but um, just seeing that that defense on some of those guards are, is a little bit better for our team, it works more with essence starting. I think that a lot of times um, teams aren't starting big how we started last year, and sometimes that could be a massive issue for us regardless of what position we're guarding that three-player. So me coming in, I was just, you know, I'm, I want to do whatever it takes to win. And, and obviously Coach has been in this game for a long time, and he knows what it takes to be a champion in this league. Um, so me sacrificing my minutes and, you know, coming off the bench wasn't as big of a sacrifice because I feel like we're still successful and I still can play those minutes um, if I come in doing what I need to do in order to stay on the floor. So, um, it's whatever whatever our team needs, like I say, every year, um, I'm going to be that player that's willing to do that. Now, when, when you're not on the court and Neck is doing the things that Neck is doing, how much fun is it to sit there and, and watch that, as from, you know, having played with her and still playing with her, of course? When she starts going to town like she does and not missing shots and doing all the things she does on both ends, yeah, you know, it, it's got to be pretty spectacular to watch from both on and off the court. Um, yeah, it, it's amazing to play with her. She just is up-tempo all the time, playing with so much energy. Um, just when you think a play may be over, she comes out of nowhere and maybe gets a steal, a rebound, right in, you know, in the really important, crucial times of the game. And I think that her consistency this year has really just been the fuel for our whole team to want to go out and play well because she has so much energy almost impossible for you to come out and play flat or not have energy along with her. So um, she's definitely been our MVP. Obviously, she's an MVP at the least, but um, everything that she's done has really just um, made everybody else step their game up because it's just been, like you said, spectacular. You've been a part of the Sparks organization since uh, 2011, and uh, the team always has had talent, but the knack knack against them for a couple years was that in some ways it underachieved, especially on the defensive end. Now, you played both ends of the court for four years at Ohio State and all the time here that no one's ever accused you of slacking it on either end. Brian seems to have brought a different level of defensive energy to the team, though. The the team has bought into his system, and it just really seems like the defense on the Sparks has really stepped up, especially when you add in people like Elena and Essence Carson now this year, too, with defensive reputations. You know, the, the, re, the defense of the Sparks has become part of their trademark now. Yeah, and I think that that's where our identity lasts in the years that we did come up short. We just really weren't able to string together a consecutive stops, and that was, I don't know if it was for lack of, you know, not practicing defense enough, but with Ryan, everything is about defense, getting stops, getting deep, running off sloppy screens, everything is, on that emphasis and then offense because obviously we have offensively talented players. I mean, mostly every WNBA team does. So it does come down to defense when you get to the finals and, and semifinals. And his emphasis on that has changed our identity a lot more this, um, these past few years. And I think that that's why we we're having success. You know, not wanting to put the cart before the horse or look ahead or whatever you want to use for a cliche there, but – you know, Minnesota did have a great season as well. You know, they did finish two games ahead of you in the end. Uh, you know, when you look at the Lynx team possibly, be, you know, in a possible championship finals matchup between the Lynx and the Sparks, 
it's a big deal to the fans because for the first time you've got two teams in the same conference that, with the new playoff system, can actually face each other, the best teams. I think that sounds like a pretty cool setup to want to be a part of. So I'm curious from your perspective, you know, do you watch and see how the other series is going? Are you looking, do you, do you allow yourself to peek a little bit ahead and think about possibly playing them in a showdown? Most definitely. I, um, obviously, Minnesota has been on crutch um, in the past few years. So um, we definitely watch them. We try to study them. We know their tendencies. But I think, to, like you said, to look ahead, to have them in the five-game series, I think we'll have a little bit more cushion to make adjustments. Um, and we know what it takes. We've had them in the semifinals. We've had them, right, I mean, semifinal Western Conference championships. But knowing what it takes to beat them and being in those close games with them every single time um, gives us an idea of what we're going to expect for the finals. I think that they are a season. They know how to win. Um, and it will obviously be our first time getting them, but we know how to beat Minnesota. Um, it just, you know, takes practice. And obviously in a five-game series, you can make adjustments, which is so different from, you know, a two having a three-game series, which is completely different. So um, we definitely pay attention. We watch their games. Um, we're definitely focused on Chicago more, but I think that um, we can't, you know, sit here and act like we, we won't think about playing Minnesota or possibly Phoenix. You know, you can't count them out either, but – it, it, I don't know, it's exciting all in all, just the fact that the best teams are in the Final Four this year. You don't have some of the top teams with better records, you know, sitting at home because it's a conference thing, you know? I think, it, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, that's the one big plus of it. I wasn't a big fan of the one and done. Uh, I think that, no. I think New York got kind of screwed by not oh, being yeah. able to play a multiple series. Uh, you know, what, what did you think of the one-and-done for the second-round game, especially? I, honestly, I, I did not like it. And I was actually at home because I know a lot of the players. Obviously, I'm friends with them. I was like, that's not fair. Like, you make third place, and somebody barely gets in the playoff. And I'm not saying Phoenix isn't a good thing because they're a great team. But the fact that they barely made it and New York did their work early, I just don't think that that's fair. You should be able to come back and redeem yourself and fight at least a three-game series. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just really – I don't think it's fair. Uh, you work extremely hard, and maybe you might have one off night, and it's like, boom, you get, you have to go home because, you know, people may not have been hitting shots that night. So um, you definitely should have a second chance with the, um, with the second round of playoffs. Um, but it's unfortunate, but that's how this is set up this year. <laughs> and I'm glad we did our work a little bit more early than New York. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, the most important thing, though, is now Stanford football is undefeated. Ohio State is undefeated. Yes. You know, Tennessee is right there, too. So between you, you, Parker, and NECA, you guys going at it or what? We um, we talk about it, but it hasn't gotten real yet because it has, <laughs> we haven't played each other yet. But, um I'm like, you know, I'm pulling for the black guys to keep it strong. So if, we, if it comes down to it, I definitely will win that battle. I'm like, guys, I haven't won a national championship, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, congratulations again on making the Buckeye Hall of Fame. You know, people don't realize, you know, the Big Ten, to be national play, to be conference player of the year all four years of your career is spectacular. And, uh, yeah. you know, that that is just an amazing honor, and congratulations to you for Thank that. You so much. Thank you. And and again, congratulations for you know for making the adjustments that the team needed. And you are definitely the sixth player of the year, no question about it. And I'm looking Thank forward you. to uh, to watching this series against Chicago and beyond. Good luck and congratulations, and have a have a good time out there. I will. Thank you. It'll be fun.
Hi, everybody. David Siegel welcoming you back to the Dishin' and Swishin' podcast. And as I mentioned before, we're talking about the series that I'm looking forward to the most, the Chicago Sky versus the Los Angeles Sparks. Now, we've already heard the spark side of things from Jantel Lavender. So it, it's a pleasure to welcome to the podcast Tamara Young in the Chicago Sky. T, how you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Well, T, you know, it, it's been a phenomenal finish to the season under trying circumstances for the Sky. You lose someone like Elena, and, you know, the team just has been on fire second half of the year. And uh, congratulations on everything you guys have accomplished. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You know, and in going through things, I, I never realized you are the person with the most longevity in the history of the Sky organization. <laughs> yes, I've been here quite a while. <laughs> wow, I, never, I didn't think you were that old. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Definitely don't feel that old, so that's a good sign. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's key. And you know what, what's been great to see is now I know during the off season you were key to the uh, the uh, neighborhood initiatives and the things that this guy has been doing in the community. And it's just great to see somebody that is as, as involved as you have been. Congratulations on all the work that you've done helping the sky in the community. Thank you so much, Dave. Now, let's talk about the team. Now, since the Olympic break, you know, the team is now 8-3 and three if you count the playoff games. And, you know, if they count the games that you played in or, you know, you've, two of the games they lost, you got hurt in one of them and you sat out the other one. So I say that it's definitely because of you. <laughs> definitely not. But, you know, I, uh, I try to do what I can to, to bring what I bring to the team and, and help us get wins. Well, you know, one thing that you have been bringing a lot more this year is, you know, last year was, you know, maybe one of the the down the down years for your offensive career, but this year you could see the work has been put in. Uh, you know, Coach Pokey has talked about the amount of extra time you put in on the mid range jump shot. You know, and I'd say that you and Simone have become two of the more lethal mid range jump shooters in the league now. Definitely. You know, after being out last year for half of the season for my thumb surgery, um, it was very disappointing. And it just made me realize, you know, even still how much I love this game and how much I missed it. So uh, during the offseason, I definitely put work in with my trainer. And then when we came back in the season, me and uh, Christy will meet 30 minutes prior to practice and always work on game scenario, situation, our different shootings. And you know you've been getting uh, you've been getting the attempts in the last few games too, which has been key. I mean, for the first I noticed for the first part of the year, you know, it's only like two games where you got uh, upwards of ten shots, and now yes. you know the last four games, you know, you've gotten ten, fifteen, thirteen, and fifteen, and the results have been phenomenal. You got you know your your points per game are way up. The team is playing successful and. You know, it's important uh, to the Sky's success clearly that, you know, the ball get worked around and you guys get get your open shots, not just the guards, too. Definitely. I think that's been um, key to our success. We've been pushing the ball more, and we've been moving it around and making everybody an option. And once you have a team where, you know, everyone on the floor is an option, you're harder to guard. Uh, people have to scout you more, and they have to guard everybody straight up. You can't just double and triple team on one person and just, Leave, leave everyone else to drive. What's been kind of neat, I think, also is from the perspective of, you know, somebody that has seen you guys, all of the different players on the sky at various points in your career, you know, I know that you guys can all ball out. And I think with Elena being out, 
people have forgotten because she is so good how good you, Sloot, Quigley, Breland, Cappy, you know, all of you guys, you know, you're, you're getting that opportunity to show the game that you guys have developed over the years. And it's fun to watch. Definitely. Um, it's, it's also fun to play, you know, um, when you're on the court and you're getting opportunities and you have that confidence. It just makes the game that more uh, fun when you're out there, uh, the sizes when you're not that confident as a player. You know, so so talk for a second about last game. Uh, you know, one and done, a lot of pressure, obviously. Atlanta coming off that big win, and Angel playing like she's been playing. But the defense, in particular in the second half that you put on Angel, just trying to slow her down, you know, really just changed the, changed the way that the game was being played. Yeah, Tiffany Hayes got hers, but Angel is the key to that team, and you really did a great job in defending her. Um, definitely. We know Angel is the head of um, Atlanta's uh, team. You know, um, they just came off a big win. She had 37 points. And I was disappointed in myself, you know, with uh, with that game in particular where we played in the first half. I think she had like 20, 21 points. And so, you know, I, I was a, a, li- a lot harder on myself. And we talked about it a lot, too, as a team because early in the game we were playing some zone and a lot of transition. But the second half we played more men and I was more focused on um, denying her the ball with also the help of my teammates when she did try to attack coming over. So I think it was more so of that. Um, when you're a scorer and you're as great as Angel is, you know that those players get a lot more frustrated when they can't touch the ball. So it's more so about denying them the ball and making their touches less limited. Well, there's no question that you guys did that. You know, you and, and of course, you know, it's kind of nice having that eraser back there. You know, you got the big girl, uh, Boyette, can block a few shots when they get by you. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it, it, it's nice to have that luxury. Uh, you know, the other thing, now let me ask you, having played in the one and done, now I asked Jantel about it, and she was commented that she just thought it was really not fair that New York only got one game and that you guys really only got one game at home. In that round, you at least took advantage of it. New York went home. Uh, you know, what did you think of the one and done in, the, in particular in the second round? You know, the first round I can kind of see, but third and fourth place. You know, I, I'm not a fan of third and fourth place only getting one game. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's difficult, especially uh, going through a full season and finishing in the top four, and then knowing that in one game your season can be over. But it's also uh, adds more passion and aggression to the game. You know, it's one and done, so it's it's not a time where you could just rest players or you could play those little games. It's like it's do or die, and you have to give everything you have and leave it all on the floor. And, of course, as players, you know, we have nerves, and nerves are wrecking before the game because you know that you could either move on or this could be the end of your season. And so it's very challenging, you know. Um, I see the, the positive from it, but it, I also see the negatives for it. But we always try to keep a positive mindset and, and, and talk amongst ourselves with the team and say, hey, we have to give it all we have. Is one and done. So that's the way that we took the approach. Now playing, now going in and playing Los Angeles now, and now it jumps up to, you know, three or five. Now that's something that to me, I look at a team like LA and I know about their depth and stuff, but I look at a team like Chicago and I, you know, being in the East and seeing you guys more, I know how you guys react and you, you know, read what that's going on and, and from game to game, you guys, really make adjustments. So a three out of five, to me, is a real advantage to your team. Yeah, um, 
especially after coming off this, you know, one-and-done situation. Um, but, you know, as we do, we, we take it one game at a time. We don't try to look far ahead. And we know it's always more difficult on the road to get a win. So even in this first this first series of uh, these two games that we're here in L.A., we're saying at least if we could just get at least one on the road, you know, uh, it's, all, it's always challenging. And for um, L.A., they're a very athletic team, but so are we. So we try not to focus on the other team too much and focus more on what ourselves and what we can bring to the table to, to get a win. Now, you look at you, you tend to slide between whoever's out there and cover, you know, really whoever the most difficult option usually is. Now, L.A. has that possibility of going big with Lavender, Parker, and NECA out there at the same time. So you could find yourself matched up against either NECA or Parker out there. What do you do when you get put against someone with the athletic skills that they have and also the size advantage? How do you, what is your focus in trying to defend that position? Well, it always depends on the person um, and their abilities offensively. You know, uh, NECA has uh, a, uh, stretched out her game. You know, she's hitting threes now, and the same as Candace, you know, but she, she's also more of a post player. Her ball handling still is not as great as Candace. And so I just try to be physical and use my size as well. You know, I'm a 6'2 guard, but I'm also very athletic and quick with my footwork. So I just try to put more ball pressure and dictate and know that if I get beat, then I would have help size from one of our bigs. What do you think, you know, without going too into depth, obviously, uh, what do you look at as a key to this series for your team? What do you guys have to do to be able to survive in advance? Uh, most teams that like to run, as uh, L.A. does, they don't like when it's done back to them. And that's one of our game pace, too. Like, we like to run as well. So we know if we get stops, rebound, and get the ball out in transition, then uh, we have mismatches on the offensive end as well. Well, I'd like to – to me, the biggest thing that I'd like to see is I hope the referees let you guys play because – Definitely. Because <laughs> you guys can, get, can play some good, hard physical defense. And uh, if they start – Blowing the, you know, playing the, uh, you know, the I'm a little teapot, whistle, whistle, whistle. Uh, right. it, it's not going to be very much fun for us all to watch, that's for sure. <laughs> well, T. Same for us on the court. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, T, you know, I, I do have to point out to you, you know, that you are repping the East now. You know, there's nobody else left. You know, that there's, wow. you know, that there's only, uh, you know, LA, Phoenix, and Minnesota, you know, so. So you uh, you have to hold down the fort for the rest of us in the East, and you know I, I got I got my confidence in the sky. I think you guys are going to make this a really really fun series. I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know what, Dave, we truly appreciate that. We're going to try to do our best and hold it down for the East. Well, congratulations on a great season, T. It's great to see one of the good people in the league have a, have a season that they are appreciated, and you know I, I really think that the city of Chicago has come to uh, realize all the contributions that you bring to that team. And uh, it's nice to see that, you know, you're getting the rewards for that, and congratulations. Thank you so much. And besides that, you know, they're all realizing, too, that nobody's got a kicks game like you. <laughs> I can't lie. I've already been to a sneaker store since we've been in L.A. It's, it's a problem. Just, I really love my sneakers. <laughs> Do you see the ones? Did you see the pictures of the ones the, Spart the, uh, the Lynx are wearing? In, well, honor, in honor of Prince? Yeah, I haven't um, been on my social media, so I haven't really seen much. Uh, purple purple kicks with the Prince logo on it. Wow. Very impressive. Very cool looking. 
So definitely, I can imagine. Of course, the only other thing that I looked at and said, you know, purple is Phoenix's color. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, you take care. Have a great time out on the court and enjoy every minute of it. I know as fans, we're going to enjoy watching. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate it.